Hello, welcome to Block 101. It's me, David Lynham. Uh, it's just me this week, no guests. So I thought I would use this episode just to, to check in, really. Um, had some great feedback for the podcast so far, which is always nice. Um, and I wanted to use this episode just to review what we've done so far, give you a quick update about Kaizen Ticketing, my company, uh, and also then just to talk about what's going to be happening in the next few weeks as well. Um, so kicking off Block 101, I had a nice interview with Kevin Miller over at Whitehawk Football Club. Kevin is someone that I've known for must be a couple of years now. I first met him when he did a similar role at Lewis Football Club. Um, and he's always been someone I've been impressed by, um, always doing things slightly differently um, with the, the clubs that I've known him work at, always big on community involvement, thinking a little bit differently to most clubs uh, and, and doing a lot of hard work to, to get the community involved. And hopefully you got from the interview that we did, he's doing a, a similar thing over at Whitehawk, um, doing it very well as well as we can see, getting the, the local university involved. Um, they've got a fantastic supporter base, very, very loyal, very diverse, doing some great things in their local community. Um, so it was great to sit down with Kevin. Uh, really, really interesting in terms of the, the way he's going about his work there. And um, it's good to see some of that coming to fruition already. And I'm sure they'll have a, a successful season, whichever league they end up in for, for next season. I'm sure they'll be very successful on and off the pitch with the way things are, that, you know, are certainly happening behind the scenes and the hard work that's being done. So following on from there, I got to, to chat with John Salako. So um, that was quite weird, to be honest. John Salako, as a kid, I watched him on the TV. He's an England international someone I've, I've looked up to and I've known him for about a year and a half now, um, obviously sort of through more of his, his business activities. But uh, it was fascinating for me to sit down with someone that I grew up watching on TV, uh, household name. You know, let's be honest, John Salako was a, a huge star of his time. Um, and it was great to, to get inside his head a little bit and, and understand a bit more about you know, his attitude to the game, his thoughts on how the game has changed how he's using some of that, that sort of tough mentality that he's had to build up as a sportsman and that sportsman's mindset and bringing that to business. Um, I found that really, really insightful. So it was, it was really good to sit down and, and sort of just let him talk and, and tell us about you know, what goes on inside the, the head of a sportsman and, and that tough transition from finishing the game, what do you do next, how do you upskill, what do you need to know, um, so there's so much good content there, so much to learn for, you know, particularly players, I guess, that are coming to the end of their career, not quite sure what to do next or what they should be looking at. Um, he's certainly someone that's been there more than happy to talk about the lows as well as the highs, which I found, again, you know, really honest of him um, and very candid at times, which was, which was, again, much appreciated. So that was a, a fantastic one to, to do and, and just sit and listen, really, um, and, and hear what he had to say. Um, after that, we had Giles Bayliss, and I really enjoyed that one. I was looking forward to doing that one for quite some time. So Giles is someone I've known for many, many years. Uh, he's been around in the ticketing industry probably longer than most people that I know. Um, he is definitely one of the nice guys of, of what we do, um, and someone I've worked with on a, a few different projects, mainly with Access, to be honest. And... Um, always a pleasure to work with, always a pleasure to sit down and have a chat with. He's always got a new story. There's always something that, 
you know, he's, he tells you from a few years back that you've never heard before. It's always gold. So it was nice to sit down and uh, get some of that recorded with him as well. Um, very popular podcast, that one. You know, that just, again, just goes to show how well-respected and well-thought-of he, he is within our industry, I guess. Um, and I love that story around Synchro Systems, a company I've always respected, I've uh, looked up to for, for quite some time. And um, it was brilliant, brilliant tale, almost like folklore now in, in the ticketing world, how a company from Stoke-on-Trent, starting very small, grew and eventually, you know, ticketed huge, huge tournaments. You know, Euro 96, again, as a kid, that was a, a pinnacle for me. That was, a, you know, a great tournament, great memories. Um, and just to think, you know, a company from, from Stoke-on-Trent, starting really small, was behind the ticketing operation for that. Uh, eventually sold to Ticketmaster. Uh, you know, their products are still going today. You know, they've definitely stood the, the test of time. So sitting down with Giles, who was there, you know, from the very early days and grew with the company, as you probably took from that interview, um, it was a fascinating story. And, you know, for someone like me, building a, a ticketing company, um, you know, it's pretty interesting and, and quite inspiring as well. So um, really enjoyed that one. And if you haven't already listened to that one, definitely go check that out because, uh, yeah, some, some good stuff being shared there. Um, and then last week we had Paul Webster. So Paul, again, I've mentioned, I think, on the show, you know, Paul has been an evangelist for Kaizen and the work that we've done uh, with non-league since, since we kicked off, really. And um, I first met Paul. He was the CEO of Billericay Town at the time. Um, Billericay, if, you know, if you don't follow non-league football... They got a lot of, of attention, let's say, um, national media coverage. You know, they, they had an owner, we still have the same owner, uh, who was, was very good um, at being able to shine a light, if you like, on, on the club and his intention, his plan, what he wanted to do with the club. Um, and, you know, overnight, the club transformed. It blew up in terms of its popularity. Um, I got a call from Paul, best part of two years ago now, um, because they just simply couldn't get people through the gates quick enough. Um, they had queues for miles uh, of people just paying, wanting to give them money to get in, um, and, and they couldn't process this fast enough, which is where we stepped in um, and helped them and started selling tickets online and, and started the uh, access control solution for them as well. And it was you know, a great relationship, really enjoyed working with Paul um, during his time there, a really forward-thinking CEO, did so much work as well uh, to, to bring the club out to the community with the school visits and the blue book, which we talked about as well. Uh, and these kinds of initiatives, um, just getting the local community involved with the club as well. Um, so Paul's been a, you know, a huge evangelist for what we do. Like I said, um, he moved on to a couple of other clubs after his time at Billericay. And, you know, one of the first calls he made was, was to me and, you know, he'd, he'd bring us into the new clubs that he went to. Um, so he's a huge advocate of, of what we did. And, you know, we'll always appreciate that. And, and we'll always, you know, thank him for that because, um, you know, that, that goes to show that we're definitely delivering some value. Uh, and that, that for me is an important thing at the stage of, of the company's life uh, and where we are. So um, great to be able to get him on the show. Paul's doing some fantastic things now, um, as you would have heard around the, uh, the Institute of Sport and Development and Wellbeing. Um, for, for young sportsmen, for young, particularly footballers, um, helping both the, the youngsters and their parents to develop the right mindset, to sometimes you know, be prepared for the difficult news, the bad news that may come your way 
Um, sometimes as a youngster you are told you know your surplus to requirements and, and you know what should you do next how do you deal with that what's the next steps and there's no real safety net for for young people in that situation as it is right now and there never has been uh, and Paul's doing something about that which I think is, is only a positive thing um, I can definitely relate to, to the work that he's doing as a youngster um, I was a, an apprentice at Brentford for a while uh, so I left school at 16 um, I thought I was going to be an England international by the time I was 18. I was going to progress through the youth ranks at Brentford and, and be a household name before I was 20. Um, obviously, that never happened. Uh, and I'm sat here now on a podcast about behind the scenes in sport and talking about ticketing, not as a professional footballer. So clearly, that wasn't the path for me. Um, but I think, you know, when I was told um, at a young age, I think I was 18, that I wasn't needed anymore or a surplus to requirements that was it you know I think I got a phone call I, I got told the news and and that was it you just you know you weren't going back to training um there was a, another couple of clubs that were interested in in letting me sort of join them for training and see if it worked out um and that's how I got into non-league football um but there wasn't really any support there there wasn't really anything in terms of career advice what to do next um, it just so happened at that time I'd been working casually as well at Wembley Stadium um, and as I started to play football less and work more I kind of just developed a career. Um, I was very lucky you know I had good people around me as well um, which you know I guess helped me to to move in that direction um, but not everyone else is in that same situation not everyone else is that lucky and, and doesn't necessarily have that sort of support. So I think the work that Paul is doing um, is, is certainly invaluable, really. Certainly something that hasn't been done. Um, since we've recorded that podcast, you know, he's, he's gone on, he's getting more traction, um, more and more people at a higher level, that sort of governing body level, um, recognising that this is something that needs to be addressed uh, and helping him to, to take that further um, to, to sort of some of those governing bodies as well. So wish him all the best with that. I think he's going to make a huge success of it. Uh, and it was great, again, to get him onto the show. A real pleasure to, to have him on there and to highlight some of these issues. So, um, again, you know, really, really pleased with that one. Um, so that's what we've, we've done so far. Hopefully you found it valuable and, uh, and enjoyable. Um, let me give you a quick update on what's happening um, with my own company, with Kaizen. Um, so it's been a, a busy start to the year. We've definitely been adding new teams uh, faster than ever before, um, definitely growing, which is always a good sign. Um, as always in business, there are things that come and blindside you, things you hadn't planned for, things that you don't expect. Um, and that's definitely happened this year. So we're uh, going to be relocating, um, moving offices uh, again, which is a bit unsettling, but sometimes you can't help these things. And, um, you know, that's the way it is. So we've got a new home. We're not far from where we originally are. We're still going to be in Aldgate, uh, which is nice. So again, not sure when this is going out. We might have moved already. Um, but so, you know, we've had to, to, to deal with that, which has been a little bit, like I said, a bit unsettling. But, you know, we've got a solution to the problem. So that's all good. Um, added to the team over, you know, the last few months, which is, which is excellent. Um, that's probably been my biggest worry until now we've got the right people in. Um, and a little bit of, of, of cover just really, you know, for, for people. So um, I'm not sure if those announcements will have been made by the time um, this goes out. But uh, I guess I 
being um, safe in case they haven't. All I can say at the moment is if there was a dream team that I could put in place to take this product and to take this company to the next level, then the people that are, are involved are the people that I would have nominated on day one. So super happy to get them involved. Um, I think the next year is going to be really exciting. And uh, yeah, we're definitely going to do some, some, some good stuff. I, I'm, I'm really positive about that. So um, nice to have the team in place now. It's for us now just about focusing on the product, making it better, growing it, adding to it, um, delivering more value um, and making sure that we're, we're continuing to grow. Um, super busy time of year coming up now. So we're getting into that season ticket renewal period, uh, membership renewals. So, um, yeah, lots of hard work. There'll be a few late nights in the next few weeks and months for sure. Um, but I think where we're really showing that we're different and adding some value is that I think in the last few, um, few months, we've really proved we're not just a ticketing company. Uh, we're doing a lot more around e-commerce for sports teams. Um, you might have seen recently uh, one of our clients, Margate Football Club, they extended their sponsorship deal with the band The Libertines. Um, and, you know, we're currently selling uh, a new limited edition third kit that they've, they've um, produced. Uh, we, in the first 24 hours, had sold to about 16 different countries. Uh, the club are generating a good good revenue from, from those shirt sales. Um, you know, and just from those sales alone, it helps the club to, to really operate sustainably for, for the, the coming season. Um, so, you know, I think it's a great example. It just goes to show, like, we don't just plug in a ticketing system, an e-commerce system, and let people get on with it. The clubs also are doing some great marketing to bring people to the site, and we're just there to help them to, to convert those people into cash so that the club can run sustainably. Um, and so, you know, we're doing a, a great job, I think, with Margate, um, helping them to get to a wider fan base, you know, as a result of this, they'll probably sell a few more season tickets. Lots of people, I'm sure now, will have Margate Football Club as their second team and look out for the results due to their affiliation with the Libertines. And that's all on them. That's fantastic work by them. And we're just there in the background to facilitate and, and help them to, to convert those visitors um, into sales of, of, you know, whether it's a shirt, whether it's a pin badge, a scarf or something else, or maybe some match tickets and a season ticket. Who knows? But, you know... That's what we're there to do, and it's, for me, a great example of, of the value that we can bring to, to some of these non-league teams. Um, leading on from that, I guess the future for us now is about growing and getting bigger and, and working with, with bigger teams, with bigger clubs, um, but making sure we recognise all of the teams that have helped us to get as far as we've got. So, you know, I'd be naive to sit here and say that our business model is, is built on non-league football. We're definitely not going to become rich working in non-league football uh, and it's for me against the spirit of what it's all about to be extracting huge amounts of money out of that level of the game um, what we are looking to do is is to grow and to start working with larger clubs um, and you know I've already started some of that work um, I do want to make sure as we start to grow and work with bigger teams we're still supporting the teams further down the football pyramid um, and they're going to benefit from us doing the work with bigger clubs. And I'm going to talk about this a lot more in the next few weeks um, and certainly through, you know, throughout later in the year. Um, but we want to make sure that the clubs that have supported us so far, the clubs that have taken a chance on something new, they benefit and uh, you know, they, they, they're rewarded for their faith in us as well. Um, so that's probably about as much as I'm going to say on it for now. 
Um, but I'll definitely talk about that a lot more as we, we go into the year and into the new football season as well. So to round things off then, coming up uh, in the next few weeks, uh, I'll have Richard Harris on the show fairly soon. Um, so Rich is someone that I've known for probably over 10 years now. Um, we worked together at the Football Association and then uh, again on the, the London 2012 Olympic and Paralympic Games. Um, and Rich is now, I think he's head of ticketing and commercial or something like that uh, at the RFU at Twickenham. Um, so kind of veering away from football a little bit, we'll be talking to him about the, the rugby world, um, about his time working on, on you know, the biggest sports tournament in the world as well and um, getting some great insights from Rich uh, about his day-to-day. Um, so that's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Rich is a good mate. And, um, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm certain he'll have a lot of, of good stuff to share with you. Um, I'm going to be taking a trip over to Hitchin Town before the season finishes as well and doing a podcast over there. I'm going to be talking to Kate Della, uh, who is part of the executive committee at the club. Um, Kate was the, the first person that I dealt with at the club when we began working with them. Um, nearly two years ago now and um, I want to get over to Hitchin because they've had a great season they're a fantastic case study for what we do at Kaizen Um, we first started working together on non-league day uh, a couple of years back and um, for me it's probably the most satisfying in terms of the transformation that I've seen us help to to bring to a club in terms of what they were like off the pitch Um, how they were selling merchandise, the manual nature around all of their away travel arrangements and just their you know, ticketing operation and lack of any sort of database for marketing. Um, and slowly, step by step, that's all changed. And they're now one of the more advanced clubs that we have in terms of all of the, the things that they use our product for, in terms of the way that they've built up their database. This season, they had a, a historic year in the FA Cup Um, And for the first time in 23 years, they got to the first round, which for a club at that level is a is a big deal. Because, you know, as you go through each of those preliminary rounds, there is uh, prize money um, that goes to the winners. And by the time you get to the first round as a non-league club, you know, it's a significant amount and and definitely something that helps the club to survive for one and sometimes a couple of of seasons. And so it allowed them to to make some improvements to the ground um, and to be a bit more sustainable. So. Uh, I want to get over there and talk to Kate and just step by step just walk through uh, where they were at, how things changed, how the attitudes of supporters have changed as well um, and where they really see things going. So uh, that's going to be an interesting one um, and I'm going to get over there in the next week or two and get that one recorded. Um, and then finally, Leon Mann. Uh, we're close to getting Leon Mann to come on. Uh, so Leon is, is someone that wears many hats um, in the football world. You know, he's a broadcaster. He's a producer of content. Uh, he's a player agent. He's a mentor. Um, he does a lot of work around diversity in the game, um, particularly on the administration side of the game as well. And so I'm really looking forward to, to having Leon on the show just to talk about all of the different things that he does uh, within the game, the many hats that he wears. And um, yeah, he's again going to have a lot of interesting things to say um, and a lot of insight. So um, that's what's coming up. So um, I think I'll start to wrap things up. Um, so to, to close, like, thanks for listening. Firstly, uh, I'm really, really happy with how well this podcast has gone, how well it's been received. Um, I had a quick look at the stats last week. Um, we know we're getting people listening from all over the world, from places that, you know, I definitely I don't know any people. 
um, there. So we're, we're re- reaching far and wide, uh, and that's always good. I'm hopeful you're getting value from it. Um, definitely, you know, that's the reason why I'm doing this is to, to share the journey I'm going on, to talk about the company a little bit in terms of what we're doing and, and hopefully you can see us grow um, and to get people on the show that have something interesting to say. So um, on that note, if there's anybody that you think would be a great guest, if there's anyone that you'd really like to hear from, um, drop me a line, let me know. Um, I'm probably the most active on LinkedIn. So you know, connect with me if we're not already connected um, and get in touch uh, and, and tell me if there's someone in particular you think that I should be going after for an interview. Um, and finally, you know, if you are finding this content helpful, useful, valuable, then share it. Tell other people about it. You know, I want to get it out there across our industry um, and, and sort of bring some of these insights from the guests that I bring on to, to other people as well. So um, please do share it if you're finding it valuable. So that's it from me. Um, fairly quick episode this week. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for, for listening. Hope you're enjoying it. And um, take care. God bless. I'll be back with you next week.